Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about what is money and what is economic output. And on today's show, I'm going to put forward a monetary theory that might be worth considering in today's environment of rampant printing of money. In order for something to be considered money, it has to satisfy three criteria. Number one, it's got to be a store of value. Number two, it's got to be a means of exchange. And number three, it's got to be easily divisible into smaller units. I think we would all agree that the dollar and the euro, not even the British pound, are a very good store of value. They're all depreciating assets. And it seems like we're trying to make sense of our monetary system with increasing frequency these days. The global dialogue on cryptocurrency has certainly brought the discussion front and center. And when we talk about money and go back to the early economists over the past couple of centuries, you'll come across the labor theory of value. Two preeminent economists at opposite ends of the spectrum both subscribed to the labor theory of value. Adam Smith was a free market capitalist, and Karl Marx was decidedly at the socialist end of the spectrum. Since most items in the 1800s were manufactured using human labor in some way, the idea was that the value of a commodity was determined by and could be measured objectively by the number of labor hours necessary to produce it. In the labor theory of value, the amount of labor that goes into producing an economic good is the source of a good's value. This theory said that an item that took twice as much labor to produce should be worth twice as much and therefore should cost twice as much. But today we can easily separate the notion of cost and value. Tying value strictly to labor input clearly misses the notion of value to the end customer. Should a glass of water be free or is a bottle of water fairly priced at a dollar? The labor theory of value would suggest that the value should be linked to the amount of time it takes a person to fill that vessel that carries the water. See, we no longer link the dollar to gold and silver. Starting in 1878, the U.S. dollar was actually a silver certificate, redeemable to the bearer on demand for an ounce of silver. In 1963, the U.S. Congress passed a bill repealing the Silver Purchase Act. The U.S. was running low on silver bullion, and the U.S. dollar was no longer being linked to silver reserves. Along the way, the amount of silver backed by silver certificate also changed as the currency was debased. Today, of course, the U.S. dollar is no longer an asset. It's a promissory note. It's a debt instrument. And almost a third of the U.S. dollars issued since the Declaration of Independence over 200 years were minted in the past year. In 2021, it appears to be on track to mirror last year in terms of printing of money. We're not two weeks into the new year, and another $1.9 trillion in spending has been proposed. With the new administration in Washington, there's a lot of talk about the need to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, something I entirely support. But here's another inescapable fact. For every unit of economic output, there's a corresponding consumption of energy. By simply making it difficult or expensive to burn fossil fuels, misses the economic value of energy. You turn off energy output, you're reducing the economy by that amount. He who controls the energy controls the economy. That's why so many wars have been fought over the past 60 years. They've all been about energy, and oil in particular. If you think about the wars in the Middle East, so many have been about oil. They were shrouded in other language to make them politically more palatable. Maybe one war was ideological, and the other one might have been about weapons of mass destruction. A particular dictator was deemed to be cruel, and therefore had to be deposed. But make no mistake, this was about energy. So energy is money. You can't accomplish anything in today's economy without energy. So why are we not using units of energy as a means of exchange? Why are dollars not a claim on units of energy? I'm not suggesting we barter with lumps of coal or a cup of gasoline. 
That's about as convenient as a bar of silver. But we can have units of currency that are paper money or even digital money. But what if that was tied to a unit of energy instead of just being some figment of someone's imagination? You could actually print money by setting up a solar array. And you could print money by delivering the equivalent of a barrel of oil. Since economic output is inextricably tied to energy and units of energy are universally understood, a kilowatt hour of energy is the same amount of energy in the U.S., Russia, Japan, or Antarctica. It doesn't matter whether you drive on the left or the right-hand side of the road. It's the same if your language used is the Roman alphabet or Chinese characters. Energy is the great equalizer. Energy is required to produce food. It's required to transport goods to market. It's required to listen to this podcast. And even those people who are using computers to mine for Bitcoin are aware of the energy consumption and whether their computer uses more energy to mine a Bitcoin than the Bitcoin is worth. When our monetary system collapses, and it will, it's going to be reset with some new monetary system that hopefully the population has confidence in. As we consider that, maybe that new monetary system should be tied to units of energy. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>